Good morning. Testing. Testing. Oh, whoops. Sorry. Uh. Happy Sabbath, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, let me just open my... Um, I want to show you all a picture, and I want to hear a response, especially from the girls. Uh, let's see whether this works. Testing. Uh, is this the first slide? Ah, oh, okay. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> okay. How many of you have seen this bear before? Just one, two, okay, a few. Um. <clears throat> this. Is sorry. This is this is a picture of Tatty Teddy. Okay, you see them in carts. You see them in uh, you know when you go to the bookstore, you buy uh, go to MPH. You want to buy cards, birthday cards, or I don't know whatever cards you want to buy. You see these pictures, right? And even they even sell the bears themselves, right? Um, now, I want to tell you all a bit about this bear. Why? Because um, this bear is, this, or this company rather, is called Me To You. Okay? And how did this bear come about? In 1987, there was an artist from the UK that um, came up with this idea. He, he, he drew up this bear. And he planned to start this company of you know, producing bears and stuff like this. But his plan didn't come into fruition until the year 2000. And you know, in the first year when they started their sales, they made about 300,000 pounds. That's a lot of money, right? But in three years, in 2003, they, the, their sales grew from 300,000 pounds all the way to 33 million pounds. And in 2006, it grew all the way to 400 million pounds. Oh, for, for those of you who are studying marketing, right? This is a marketing success, isn't it? <laughs> From 300,000 all the way to 400 million. Now, why are they so successful? There are so many bears out there, right? Like you go out to the store, you see there's brown bears, there's blue bears, there's grey bears, you know, there's big bears, fluffy bears, skinny bears, fat bears. Why are these why is this company so successful? Why are they so successful in selling their bears? You see, this company was very smart. They they realized that in order to compete with the um, other companies, they have to give this bear an identity, right? What was the identity? Let me just tell you a bit about the story of Tatty Teddy, okay? And maybe I'll hear some response from the girls as well. Okay, so the story of Tatty Teddy. The oldest, smallest house you can imagine was about to be knocked down. 
all the things that once made the house nice and cozy had been thrown outside and piled up in the front garden. From the soft, springy bed the owner slept in to the old wooden floorboards they used to walk on. And even, surely by some mistake, a little brown teddy bear. He was trapped among all the other unwanted things and couldn't move. Then, one day, a very cold day, something fell from the sky. A little snowflake. It landed on the teddy bear's little nose and then was followed by many more. This teddy bear began to feel cold, very cold. And more snow began to fell. This bear was now so cold that his nose started to turn blue. So cold that his hair that his fur started turning grey. He was so cold, so unloved, and all alone in this world. He felt so sad. Winter, was finally, winter finally passed and the weather got warmer. And one beautiful spring day, a little girl was playing near the house, near the old house when she spotted this grey bear in a pile of unwanted things. He was like no other bear she had seen, and she pulled him out from where he was trapped. She dusted him down, lifted him high in the sky, and looked at him. Wow, a grey teddy bear with a blue nose, she thought. How strange. And the teddy bear wanted to cry. He thought that she didn't like him, and would throw him back to the unwanted things. But the girl said, no, he's lovely. And she fell completely in love with him. You know, she ran as fast, she ran home as fast as her little legs would carry her to see if her grandma could patch him up as a lot of his stuffing had already fallen out. And he was very much in need of repair. Sorry, this story is quite long. <laughs> but it was cozy and warm in the little girl's house. And the bear felt all cozy and warm in his heart. However, his nose was still blue and his fur was still grey and they would never return to brown. He was unique among other teddy bears. This girl gave him a big hug. She loved him more than anything else in the world her little grey, blue-nosed, teddy, teddy. Oh, <laughs> You see, this company gave the bear an identity. And you know, has this story worked? It has worked, right? 400 million in sales. <laughs> this story has worked for countless of people. You know, why? Because, you see, when the company wrote this word, me, to you, the company was actually addressing the word you. The word you represented the bear, right? They are saying that this bear is lonely. They are saying that this bear is unloved. He's thrown away. He's unwanted. And you feel like you want to care for this bear, right? And interestingly enough, the bear also asks you or lets you answer the me question. Right. Are you going to be this nice little girl to bring home this teddy bear and look after this bear? 
Or are you going to be that mean family that threw him out? Right. And of course, you want to be nice, right? <laughs> so, identity is the key point to this whole story, right? It is what all of us are looking for. And since the beginning of time, philosophers, scientists, we all have been trying to answer this question, right? Who am I? What am I doing here? What is my purpose on this earth? Why am I in KL? Why am I not in Australia? <laughs> Let's say. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, sometimes in your room, in a corner of your room, you may ask yourself, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my identity? And so, you know, because of that, many of us, we try to find our identity in many different things, right? We want to feel love. We want to feel like we are special. And so, we look for identity in our relationships, right? When we are young, we, or even at this age, we all identify with a group of friends, right? Some of us, we want to hang out with a cool group, right? Those who, you know, uh, yo, 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 these kind of people, you know, cool. <laughs> Some of us, you know, want to hang out with the geniuses, with the smart people, right? And some people want, like to hang out with those who are rich, right? Because it makes them feel rich. And so we try to find our identity in friends. And also we try to find our identity in our boyfriends and our girlfriends, right? We find our identity, we derive our identity from the people or the person that we fall in love with. And also, we derive our identity from our parents, right? You know, growing up, um, I hear this a lot, you know, like, oh, this is Dr. Tian's son. And you feel good, you know, you feel, wow, I'm somebody, right? We derive our identity based on who our parents are, right? But the thing is, <clears throat> these relationships, they don't last, do they? When you came to KL, what happened to your group of friends back home? Yes, you may, you may still keep in touch with them, but they are not your clique anymore, right? They're like, you're, you guys are um, no longer the same clique. And relationships, right, breakups, when they happen, what happened? We lose our identity. And, you know, when we grow older as well, people don't look at our parents anymore, right? They look at us. They look at what we can achieve. And we find ourselves losing our identity when we base our identity on these things. And so we look somewhere else. We go to magazines. We try to look for physical appearance. We try to put all, all these um, powders on our face, all the you know, stuff that makes us look good. We try to, to look for the latest fashion. We try to look for the nicest clothes. But unfortunately, you know, fashion, fashion, does it last? Just 10 years ago, I remember when, when we were young, what was the what was the trend for glasses? <laughs> frameless, right? People, everyone wore a frameless glass. But now, 
what was the trend? We had big frames, right? With, you know, like Gabriel, you know? <laughs> you see, fashion doesn't last. And if you follow fashion all the time, your identity will keep on changing, right? And, you know, or some of us here, maybe we think that we are really good looking, right? <laughs> People think we are handsome, we are pretty, right? Like, you know, Peter maybe. Um, but you know, as age creeps on, right, we start to have back aches, we start to have white hairs, we start to have receding hairlines, we start to have thinning hair, like me. We start to have wrinkles on our forehead, and you suddenly question yourself, what happened to me, my identity? Your identity on your physical looks, it doesn't last, does it? And so we look elsewhere again, we try to look for identity in our possessions, right? We look for the latest gadgets. We look for the nicest car, for the biggest house. And how many of you know this man named Antoine Walker? Okay, never mind. He's an NBA player, okay? He plays basketball. Now, for those of you who don't know, NBA players, the minimum wage, their minimum salary is $898,310 per year. US dollars. How much is that in ringgit uh, per month? 74,860 per month, US dollars. And if you convert that to Malaysian ringgit, it's 310,594 ringgit per month. How many of you can earn that amount of money? That is the minimum wage in the NBA. Um, yeah, an NBA player earns. And you know this guy, Antoine Walker, he has earned 100 million US dollars in his career. But do you know, the same Antoine Walker today is broke. He has lost all of his money, 100 million US dollars. And just like that, his possessions, what he identified himself with was gone. And so we look at achievements as well. How many of you know this guy, Carl Lewis? You know, he used to be the fastest man, right? But who is the fastest man now? Usain Bolt. You see, <laughs> our identity in achievements doesn't last as well. Sooner or later, we will always find someone better than us, someone who is smarter than us, someone who has more creative, more innovative idea than us. So, then we question ourselves, who are we then? Where do we get our identity? Since all these things just fade away, doesn't it? Now, I'm sure all of us have applied for passport before, right? Now, what do you need when you apply for passport? What, like, for a new passport, what do you need? Birth certificate, right? Now, this is a copy of mine. I don't think you can see anything there, so it's fine. Um, your, birth, your birth certificate is basically your identity, right? It, gives, it tells you where you're born, um, who your father, your mother is, and basically, it is your identity. 
right? Um, but when we come into this world, other than getting a physical birth cert, we also have a what? Spiritual birth cert as well. And this birth cert tells us where we are from and where we are going. It gives us a purpose in our life. And this birth cert is none other than the Bible. Right? The Bible alone reveals our true identity. And because our Maker has made us, He has the right to say who we are. Who cares what people think about us? Who cares what I think about myself? Our Maker in the Bible says who we are. And in Genesis chapter 1, we can see 1 verse 26. The Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his image. Before we continue, I forgot to do one thing. Let us all bow our heads and pray. <laughs> Sorry. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this opportunity you've given me to share your word. Father, forgive me for um, forgetting to pray. But Lord, I pray that as I present this sermon, Lord, may you use my imperfect words and may you make it clear to each listener here today. May you pour your spirit upon us that we may truly find our identity in Christ today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So God, when He created us, He created us in what? In His image. What is an image? An image is a what? A reflection, right? When you look in the mirror, you see your image, right? God created us to be just like Him, to be a reflection of His character, right? But what happened to us? We decided as humans to rebel, right? Our first parents. You know, God put a special tree in the garden and what happened? God says, don't eat of that tree. Why? Because I want you to show me that you choose me and that you love me, right? Because if you eat of it, you will die. So maybe some of us will ask, why then do you, did God put the tree in the garden? Right? Was it to tempt them? Now, if God didn't put the tree, do you think they would have a choice to make? Do you think they would have a choice whether they would follow God or follow themselves? You see, true love gives choice, right? You would never want to force someone to marry you, don't you? That is not love. And so God, out of His love, He put that tree there saying that, I give you this choice. You know, I want to give you my identity, but I'll let you choose. Right? But we, as we know, unfortunately, our ancestors fell. They chose the wrong identity. And you know, when we choose the wrong identity, 
we get into trouble, don't we? Can you imagine if, you know, Brian's violin one day, his violin bow one day says, I don't want to play the violin anymore as a violin bow. I want to, I want to cut vegetables. <laughs> what do you think would happen? Or maybe the knife, you know, says, I don't want to cut vegetables anymore. I want to play the violin. <laughs> what would happen? Right? When we choose to go against the identity that God has given us, we get into trouble, don't we? And so, we all know that Adam and Eve chose a different identity. And what identity was that? We see in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. The Bible says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death, entered, uh, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Right? So, when sin came upon this earth, when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, death became their identity. Right? And the Bible makes it so clear that when we choose to sin, our identity is heading towards the grave. Right? And in Isaiah 64 verse 6, the Bible makes it even clearer. It says, But we all are like an unclean thing, all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So whatever you try to do, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how much donations you give, no matter how much you try to be a good person, to be a good son or good daughter, our righteousness is still, the Bible says, as filthy rags. Can you imagine, you know, the thing that you used to clean the toilet? That's what the Bible says about us. So, our identity is pretty bad, isn't it? We are heading towards the grave. We are unclean. We are unwanted. It is indeed a sad fact. But, you know, as much as we want to deny the fact, you know, you can say, you know, I can, I'm going to die anyway, so maybe I'll just think positive, Right? Maybe I'll just think that I'm great. I'll just try to be the best, um, try to change my mindset. Just try to think positive. But do you think that will make a difference? You know, don't get me wrong. It's good to think positive. But however much we try to deny it, the fact is that we are all going to die one day, aren't we? We are all sinners. We are all unclean. You know, this reminds me of a story or an experience that Uncle Andy was there as well. A few years ago, we went caroling. You know, in Pestec, the youth, we love to go caroling. Right? And as we went to our last stop um, in Mrs. Sanaga's house, we somehow decided to cram everyone, all 17 of us, into a small lift, okay? And guess what happened? <laughs> we got stuck, right? We got stuck. And the worst thing is, there was no phone signal in there. And I remember that the emergency bell didn't work at all. So nobody knew we were stuck. And 
you know, when you have so many people in a small space, what do you think is the biggest fear? <laughs> uh, somebody farting, exactly. <laughs> and I don't know whether you remember that, but somebody actually farted. And, you know, obviously we tried to lighten our spirits. We took selfies. We played the guitar. Um, we sang. We tried to think positive, right? But at the end of the day, we are still stuck. No matter how much we try to say, think that we are okay, we are not. We were still stuck in the lift. And if nobody saves us, we are all going to die. So, but thank God, after 45 minutes, someone came and saved us, actually. <laughs> 45 minutes. All 17 of us <laughs> in there. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what hope do we have to be safe from our current state of sin? You know, the Bible dis uh, presents us a rescue plan, right? In Romans 5 verse 8, the Bible says, God demonstrate His love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Christ showed and He expressed His love toward us that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were still unclean, when we were still dirty, Christ decided to die for us. And in John 3.16, we all know this verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, ultimately what happened was God traded birth certificates with us. Right? What we chose was what? Death, uncleanness, filth. But Jesus' certificate was the image of God and He traded it with us. He took our filth, He took our sins and He died on the cross. He replaced the debt that we owed and we are given a chance to start again, to start anew, right? We get that original birth cert that was intended for us from the beginning of time. When God created us, he said, I want you to be like me. I want you to think like me. I want you to love like me, to care like me. But now God wants to give us a second chance. Who are we? Who am I? We are just like that tatty tatty, aren't we? We are thrown away. We have holes all over our body. We have lost our stuffing. We are unwanted. But just like that little girl, God came and not only repaired us, but paid the debt that we owed for us. Um, how many of you have done paintings in school before? I think all of us have done art, right? Um, who, do you th who thinks you can paint this? Raise of hand. Okay, put down your hand if you think you cannot paint him. <laughs> I think none of us can paint this, right? <laughs> or this. 
or this, right? Now, do you think you can paint this? <laughs> How many of you can confidently say, I can paint this? Okay, if you were to see this painting in a store, how much do you think would you be willing to pay for this? Huh? Free? But do you know that this was actually a real painting? Ah. Have you all heard of Jolo? <laughs> okay, never mind. This is a painting that he bought actually with, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into politics, but... Um, Guess the price of this painting. 46.5 million US dollars. <laughs> 46.5 million. You know, we should all just quit our jobs. Let's go and do painting. <laughs> Don't need to start saving of life anymore. <laughs> painting lah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. But why, why is it so expensive? What determines the value of an item? You see, in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20, the Bible says that you were bought at a price. Right? The price determines the value of an item. Your value is determined by how much someone is willing to pay for you. And what was the price? that was paid for you? The blood of Jesus. Right? And our identity comes from that price. You see, when you actually stop to think about it, your identity is actually the life of the Son of God. Do you realize that? What this means is that we are all priceless, right? God sees us as special. We are not just some other person, right? The Bible says that He knows the number of hair that's on your head. The Bible also says that He knows when you rise and when you sleep. He knows the thoughts in your head. And even before you were born, He knew your name and He knew you. He knew the purpose for your life. You see, your identity does not come from having a big house, a nice car, lots of money, or lots of friends. These things won't last. Your identity is priceless because it is paid by the Son of God. But you know, sometimes, unfortunately, even though God has given us a priceless identity, we, you know, we, we seek to find our identity somewhere else, isn't it? And, you know, this I, I've just been reminded of the story of the prodigal son, right? You know, he was born in a wealthy, loving family. He had everything that, you know, one could wish for in life. But somehow that wasn't enough for him, right? Somehow he thought that, that you know, life is, you know, that he wanted to seek for more in life. And so he went out. He um, first asked for the portion of his inheritance, right, from his father. And he went out to the world to seek for happiness. 
He sought for his identity through his friends, through having a lot of possessions, through having a good life, through partying, through drinking. And you know, after a while, he thought that to himself that life was good, right? But it wasn't until he hit rock bottom. It wasn't until his pocket began to dry up. It wasn't until his, when his so-called best friends started to leave him. It wasn't until he became so broke that, you know, he, he fed the pigs, right? And he was so hungry that he couldn't even eat the pigs' food because his employers didn't want him to eat it, right? It wasn't until he hit rock bottom that he realized that he had a father that loves him, right? You know, friends, we don't have to wait till we hit rock bottom before we come to Christ. Let us come to Him now, even when the times are good, right? So often, <clears throat> we try to seek validation from, from the people around us, don't we? I find this a lot in myself as well. We allow what people say about us to determine who we are. People say that I'm ugly, so I must be worthless, Right? People say that I have no friends, so I must be a failure, right? Or people say that I'm slow, so I must be a failure. People say that I'm dumb, so I must be, you know, stupid. And so we, we seek the approval of the people around us, and we are so afraid of what people may say, and our identity becomes solely derived from the fear of being rejected by people, Right? But friends, I want you to remember the story of the prodigal son. If you have not heard of the story, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I, I don't think we have time to go into it. You can turn to, I'm sorry, I forgot the text, but you can ask me later if you want to read more. But I want us to remember that, you know, just like the prodigal son, you know, in many ways, if you think about it, the prodigal son's, describes us in many ways, right? All of us have a baggage of past guilt, shame, mistakes, and sin, right? All of us have in some point in our life felt dirty, worthless, and useless. But you know what? That doesn't mean that God sees us differently or doesn't love us anymore. God saw us as someone who is worth more than we can ever imagine. So much, that he was, so much so that He was willing to pay the price for us, the infinite price, the most precious gift that heaven can ever give. And what it was? The life of the Son of God Himself, right? But, you know, God is waiting just like the Father waited for the prodigal son. He is waiting for each one of us to come home. You know, friends, we don't have to base our identity on our past. Right? Many of us, we are grappled by our past guilt, our sins, and we find it so hard to move forward. But we don't have to base our identity on our past or on what others say about us. Yes, there are times where we have fallen. 
Yes, we may have sinned and have failed countless of times. But, you know, this is why Jesus came, right? To seek and save a sinner like you and me. And Christ desires that we may have His identity, His character, His love. This is exactly why Christ came, to restore His image in us. Right? Who am I? Who are you? What is our identity? We are all broken. We are all useless. We are all filthy. We are all unwanted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. And He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. You see, God wants all of us to be His today. But the question is, will we choose Him? Will we accept His identity? Or are we still out there in the world searching from people or from the things of this world, our, our identity? Right? You know, there is coming a time in the future, and this time is really near, I believe, when we all have to stand on our own and our true identity will come out. But we have to ask ourselves, will we be able to stand on the side of, at the side of Christ when our lives are being threatened? Right? Christ is inviting us today to accept Him into our lives. But, you know, accepting involves a sacrifice on our part as well, isn't it? In Hebrews 12 verse 1, we are told to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. We got to leave our past behind. We got to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This closing song that we are singing, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Though we have sinned, He has mercy and pardon. Pardon for you and for me. This is exactly what Christ wants to do for us today. You know, may, maybe some of us may have been seeking an identity all our lives. And maybe we have been rather disappointed with what we have found so far. But God wants to invite us today to accept His identity. God wants us today to accept Him into our lives. Would you accept Him? Let us sing this song softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. <laughs>